cheers and Nest Tea cheers for those who know they know please give us a sponsorship Nest Tea is our favorite drink hello everybody welcome back to the Cloud Machine podcast and happy new year my name is Matt Landry and in this 49th episode of the Cloud Machine podcast I'm here with the other half of Nate <laughs> of eights Nate Day so the podcast we chat about our first full year at eights what's currently in our minds in the music industry and what's on the radar for us in 2024 Stick around and thanks for listening. <laughs> oh boy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Clem Sheet Podcast, a platform that allows us to learn more about the music industry through conversations with artists, people in the behind the scenes, businessy individuals, creatives, and much more. Our goal is to shine a light on all the stuff that is happening in the music world, topics, and realities that are gate kept, and the people and roles that may often be overlooked. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming uh, the co-founder of not Nate's, but Eight's. Uh, it's Mr. Nate Day. Um, for those of you that don't know Nate, he's the operational brains behind um, the business, uh, handling not only our day-to-day and our process, but also leading our technical and production activities at Eight's. Uh, he's also a great guitar player and knows how to move across the dance floor. You kept that part in. <laughs> I did keep that part in. Um, so please, without further ado, yes. Please welcome Nate. Um, how's it so going, much. my uh, brother? Uh, man, I'm doing good. Yeah. Um, this is what fourth time, fourth episode we've done together. Is that right? Fourth, yeah. I, I think it's technically the fifth because there's been some part one and part twos in there, but it's yeah. our fourth sit down, I believe. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming back on again. Of it's uh, it's the Happy New Year episode. New Year episode. Uh, we are currently recording on, I believe, what's uh, commonly known as the Day of the Kings, I think, or something like that. January 6th, you know, Epiphany or whatever it is. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. I see it in my Google Isn't Cal. That also <laughs> the, the day, the, 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 isn't that the um, indictment, like when they like rush the Capitol? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say, and I was like, whoa. Yes, it's the... <laughs> Start off 2024 the right way. <laughs> Political. <laughs> Oh, it's the three-year anniversary of Jeez. the Rush the Capitol. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Goal of 2024 is not to get canceled. Yes, that's right. Starting off. Podcast. <laughs> um, no. Okay. On a serious note, though, yeah. I was going to say it's one year. And congratulations, man. Like, on you literally cranked out an episode basically every week last year, which is insane. And I don't think people maybe know how much work goes into um the editing, recording, planning you do, writing out scripts, getting people on. And um, I'm just very proud of you, man. Like you've been doing a lot of hard work and to consistently do it like every week is uh, like people, maybe people start a podcast and get about like three weeks into it and then stop. (laughs) You know what I mean? And um, the fact that you have made it an entire year of doing it and like are still going strong, it's like you're in the 0.01%. So Congratulations, man. I'm proud of you. So thanks, man. Wow. Well, sentimental. Wow. Well, did you write that down? Do you have a no, laptop? I, I, I did. I just wanted, feet or I just, yeah, made that all up right now. Wow. Well, so. thank you very much. Yeah, um, it means a lot. And um, yeah, it's been quite the year. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but um, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't do it. It's sort of cheesy to say, but um, the comments and the interactions that like people put out and um, some messages that I get all the time. Um, of people listening to the podcast or watching the podcast on YouTube, whatever, it really keeps me going. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like that, this podcast is like sort of like a long run thing. I've always said that, like, and it's it, it, it like you're saying, it's a known fact that like podcasts don't like are, aren't like super successful the first maybe two to three years in mm. um, to it. So, um, Which I'm, I'm in it for the long game. Yeah, I would say some people like don't push past that point. Yeah, sure, um, but it can get too discouraging. But yeah. Um, but yeah. thank you very much, my gosh. I was gonna um, say that was, yeah. I feel like people uh, should should know that and hear that. And so um, you've been killing it. And it's going to be a good year ahead, too. I feel like you got a lot of – we've got a lot in store. So Yes, yeah. Um, we normally started the pod um, with uh, your sort of – your favorite live experiences as a, as a fan and stuff like that. Um, but because we've done this so many times together, I sort of changed it, uh, sort of the pacing of this episode – and a few a few weeks ago, we started doing um, a new question that I, I'd like to ask you. It um, just sort of starts off the episode nicely. Um, it is about your work. Uh, is there a project, band, artist, campaign, era uh, that you've worked for with uh, so far in your career that would best represent your work? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that we've done so far, like that we've like worked yeah. on. Yeah. And, well, in yourself, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, because you're coming from a couple of industries, it doesn't necessarily need to be in the music industry. Oh, fair. Okay, yeah. Just most recently, I feel like um, we did some work for an artist named Devin Cole. I'm actually wearing her <laughs> shirt right now, which that's not <laughs> planned. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we just had the opportunity to do some pre-production work for her um, and build a couple of uh, in-ear monitoring rigs. And um, you... you program playback for that and yeah um, i kind of designed the rigs with uh our friend alex tomorrow from valley yeah shout out alex yeah and um yeah i just did a bunch of documentation for them um and i feel like that was the the first kind of full encompassing like handoff package we've done um and that i yeah i i, I think that to me just felt like a very um what's the term um Proof of concept. Like it just felt yeah, like, a, yeah, like yeah. our most full proof of concept. Um, and it was quick. I thought it was, it was quick, like, yeah. it was like, it was like a quick turnaround. It was good. Yeah. We both handled it how we could because at the time it was with the beaches. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. like, we both handled our, our parts sort of separately in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great having Alex in as well. Again, yeah. another shout out to Alex um, for helping with the rig building and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no. Yeah. And I think just, yeah, this, the, that was like our, the, uh, probably a project that we've done in the last two years that to me felt the most comprehensive, um, doing all the things that we, we want to do. Yeah. Um, and so I think just seeing that through, uh, was very like, um, built a lot of confidence for us, um, and what we're hoping to do going forward. So, um, yeah, we've posted about a little bit online. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, yeah, there's been, I mean, there's been some other projects like when I used to work in data and tech, like I, um, oversaw like a data collection, um, strategy, um, where I kind of, in a weird way, a very similar process where I was doing a ton of like documentation and strategy planning and did like, you know, some like a hundred pages of like basically strategy documentation to like onboard, um, our staff. Yeah. And that to me is like, it was so, it's in such a different industry, but to be able to mm. like have that experience and then come over to music and kind of be doing something a little bit similar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, how do you relate it? How do you relate that experience to sort of what we're doing currently at AIDS. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the biggest, um, the biggest thing I learned from that was, um, 
and I'm still learning. I think you pra- like I'm still practicing it, but yeah. um, learning how to communicate uh, complicated concepts in a really easy to understand way. Mm. Um, and I think, um, like in the case of let's say the Devin Cole stuff, or even the Beaches stuff that we did, where we we try really hard to give a bit of a documentation package as like a handoff, especially if we're not going to be on the road. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to communicate some of, um, like not just set up stuff, but also just like, what's the intention of like the equipment you're taking out and the best practices. And if you're giving like session, like, um, Ableton notes to not even, a, um, like whether it's another playback engineer or, um, a musical director or something like trying to articulate everything that you've been working on and doing in the most concise and helpful way for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, you know, I've, I've received great handoff notes before from other people like Mitch Graham, who we toured with a little bit um, earlier this year and last year, um, gave me some great handoff notes a few times. Just like, and I think receiving that is like extremely helpful. Yeah. Um, but being able to communicate and write out and like um, pair with those thoughts. Like when I did that on the data and tech side, um, I worked with actually a lot of people who um, English was their second language. Yeah, yeah. And so having to take, um, <laughs> um, but same, bro. <laughs> no, uh, but like trying to communicate concepts in a way that is like, okay, how do I um, articulate this in a clear way, yeah, an easy to understand way that um, anybody um, who might be picking up these notes could understand and work with, yeah. Um, so just because it's sort of a like, we're, we're of course community learning sort of yeah. situation. Um, do you have any tips for people that are trying to, or, or tips or things that you've seen in, in like other handoff documents or things that you, you put into your own, um, that you would sort of consider being something, something that, uh, a norm, I don't want to say a normal person, but somebody starting in the industry wouldn't know about sort of handoff documents. Do you have like a, a, mm. a tip or something that you, 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 you've had an aha moment in the past, in the past little while about those types of documents? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe like for a bit of context too, like when we're saying like handoff documents, that's like, um, I don't know how common it is. I think it is pretty common or becoming more common maybe, but it's just basically like if you're handing off the work you're doing to somebody else, like in the case of Mitch, like he was doing stage checking for Haley Kyoko at the time. And then I was going to step in and fill on him, fill in for him at, um, in Toronto and Montreal. Yeah. So he gave me like a document saying, this is what I do on the day of the show. Like, this is how they like their guitar is set up. This is, you know, and just kind of a list of everything that I might need to know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so being able to do that's like a really nice practice, I think in the industry. And when we're talking about collaborating more, especially across roles and across even, you know, departments or teams, Yeah. um, being able to communicate, um, what you need done or what you've been doing and what you've worked on in a, a clear way. It's like, it leaves a paper trail for what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think in terms of like, you know, um, to me, like there's no, uh, don't assume anything. Like don't assume whoever is on the other side of reading what you're like trying to communicate, um, has pre-existing knowledge mm. and you have to balance that to not go like overboard. But, um, you know, like you don't know who's, who's going to need to step in and do something like you know, especially on some of these smaller tours when a lot of people are wearing a lot of hats. Like sometimes it's literally the manager stepping in being like, I'm trying to help set up the wireless mic right now. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I'm not, yes. I, I can't, you know, I'm not going to give you like a crazy manual trying to, I'm not going to, you don't need to know about frequency ranges 
right yes, now. You yeah, need to yeah. know how to turn it on inside it out. Yes, you know? yeah. So like keeping the you know, the audience in mind and also, um, but also assuming it's like, you know, like paying attention to certain terms or jargon that it might be easy for uh, like playback guys to uh, pick up on or might already know. Yeah. Um, just like trying to be very clear and simple. And I think it's also a bit respectful too, to like, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but I, I just don't like making people feel dumb or like they need to like yeah, come yeah. back and be like, oh, I don't know what that means. Like, it's like right, that's okay. Right. Like, none of us know like half of what anything means. Like, yeah, especially yeah. when it comes to working with other teams or another specialty. So totally. Um, just trying to be like nice and conscious about it. And I don't know if that like helps a whole lot. Well, yeah, I think for me, just maybe not to summarize, but what I think what I, what I'm understanding from what you're saying is being aware of who's receiving those documents and being, yeah. being sort of uh, aware, but also sort of sensitive to their knowledge and, um, Making it easy for them as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I think that that is, a, I think, a goal of part of what we want to offer is good uh, communication and good uh, like knowledge base for artists and their yep. teams. Because um, as we've said in previous episodes or, um, you know, it's very easy for somebody to be like, oh, I built, I built your Ableton session and, like, some guy built it over here and I'm trying to find the files from him and it didn't get, you know, yeah. I don't know where the Dropbox folder is. So I think for us trying to be a bit more uh, intentional about, like, creating a knowledge base, really being like, here's the paper trail of everything we worked on. Yeah. Here's, here's the files. Here's the backup copies. Like, you know, let's mm-hmm. keep this organized because um, it helps everybody. Yeah. It helps managers, helps artists, it helps band, like, helps band members. Um, knowledge base and systems. Just yeah, exactly. for us internally as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Going on to the second part, which is the quote part, everybody. Um, I'm doing a bruh, and I'm doing maybe a, a little Titanic flute situation because because it's a it's a new quote. Okay. Why <laughs> do you think it's gonna be a bad quote? No, no, no. It's it's just a little little Titanic. I don't know. Maybe a little surprise sound there for you. Okay. But. Uh, <laughs> I decided yeah. that on the spot. Oh, yeah, um, cool. But not that so, noise. Oh, crap. Sorry, I didn't know that. <laughs> We're not transitioning to something okay. else. We'll cut that. Uh, it's fine. Um, it's a new quote for the new year, everybody. Last year was the Erica Badu's quote um, about, you know, the music business. Uh, sorry, music and music business not being the same thing. Um, this year, 2024, I'm doing the Joni Mitchell quote uh, it's, I heard, so I heard someone from the music business saying they are no longer looking for talent. They want people with a certain look and a willingness to cooperate. Um, so that's sort of the quote of the year, everybody. Um, so we're going to be sort of reflecting on that again. It's, I heard someone from the music business saying that they are no longer looking for talent. They want people with a certain look and a willingness to cooperate. Um, Nate, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's it's um, it's interesting. I understand the sentiment behind it. Yeah, and I understand um, the reason I ask that is because I think when I look back, like the, how like the way labels worked back in the like seventies, eighties, nineties, early two yeah, thousands, yeah. um, I think you could say that rang true because uh, the business of the label was so strong and they had such a like firm grasp or like hold on, um, like they just dictated what what made it yeah you know um 
And so, but there's a part of me that says, I don't know if that rings true anymore because I think um, the nature of consuming music and um, how how people reach the top isn't yep. the same anymore. Right. Um, it's really dictated by uh, viewership and algorithms. And yeah. honestly, people between the ages of like 10 to 16 who are like consuming, dic- yeah. consuming the content. Yeah, yeah it's what's cool. So it's a little bit more ground up. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the talent piece to me has always been very interesting because I've heard similar things been said before where it's like, oh, it's not really about, um, how good you are. It's about like, are you good at the business side and marketing yourself? Yeah. And and those people, the drive and stuff like that. And And it is, um, true to a degree. Like I, uh, when I was listening to the Lori Lee podcast from the end of last year, she talked about the hit, like having a hit. Yeah. Um and I don't I don't know why this part like it made me think of this, but it was when I was driving in today. Um just like the idea of like um when a tree like well, if a tree falls in the forest but no one's around to hear it, does make a sound. It's like if you write a great song but no one hears it, is it yeah a hit. It's Wait, like, do you know that that's a beaches song? If a tree falls? Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. No, what? It is, it really is. It really is. Yeah, if a tree falls, no, uh, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. wild! That's crazy. Yeah, um, I I'm didn't sorry, but no, I was just gonna say like, that. Idea I know what you're like, saying, though. It's like, oh, like if I write a killer song and no one hears it, uh, is it really a hit song? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I get that sentiment of like, yeah, people need to hear it, it needs to get out there. Yes, um, but I think we can lose that. Like my, I tend to lean a little bit more on the side of the creative of like the artist to say like, now the craft does really matter and the talent does really matter Mm -hmm. and don't, you know, like put the time into your craft. Like the, the point of this whole thing is to make art that impacts people. Sure. At the end of the day, like for me, that would be like my most core fundamental truth about music is like that music should impact people and, Right, make a difference and yourself. Yeah, and myself, and like it should be about that experience, and um, so to just kind of do away with like doesn't. It's like oh, we don't need to develop talent, or I don't need to put effort into my craft to, yeah, um, write a good song. It's just about how you market it. Uh, I don't, I don't think that to me, across the board of any time span, feels true necessarily. But I understand that sentiment because I think that's how the business operated for so long. Yeah, it maybe still operates now, but. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I'm like talking and thinking at the same time. No, it's great. That's I, what I thought about it. I think it's great to reflect on 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 where the music business is at and how people are discovering artists. I think last, well, I want to say last week, but it's not last week anymore. Um, just the last episode of the Cloud Machine podcast with Lori mm-hmm. um, was a great look at uh, how an artist is develops now. Mm. In regards yeah. to what one does, when one has to do, because there, there's there's things between, for me, there's a big difference between what an artist does and what an artist has to do. And unfortunately, now the lingo it, it, amongst artist circles are, I have to do social media to get big. Yeah. Or I, I have to get, yeah. I have to do social media. I have to do TikToks to, um, to be consumed by all the, these, these random audiences or the algorithm. Yeah, um, yeah. for for these for these other random people to sort of listen to my TikTok or listen to my song through the TikTok, whatever. Um, it's uh, 
it's just interesting that it we're there now because it's not necessarily based on talent, like you're saying, or the song itself, but really about the eyes and ears that are uh, consuming. Yeah. Anyway. It, yeah, and it does it. You know, not to get back to like our university roots. I think we've talked about this before, but like yeah. the whole medium is the message. Marshall McLuhan. Um, and uh, oh, there's a book called "Amusing Ourselves to Death" that I loved. Um, I maybe talked about it before. On no. Um, I forget the author's name right now. It's gonna. I'll get it. If we take a break, I'll, I'll grab it. But yep. um, it's a great little book written in like 1985 or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, about just entertainment and the kind of uh, how, and very Marshall McLuhan in the sense of like how um, entertainment and TV culture really shifted values in North America and like how we perceive content and how that um, shift towards like making everything about entertainment changes things from like almost like the cart before the horse a little bit. So yeah, yeah. like politics of like becoming more like entertainment and, um, and, you know, we saw that shift happen, I think over the last couple of years, not to get into politics right now, um, <laughs> but um, just the idea of like TikTok and the way people are consuming content, let's say, yeah. Um, changes how people make art then, which means that the art yes. itself is changing because oh my gosh. it's like, Oh, I have to, my song has to hit in the first five seconds because yeah. if not, then someone's going to scroll by it. So then I'm focusing on that. And then it also has to be catchy and I have to have like a catchy 30 second clip and it can't be longer than two minutes or else it's not going to get playlisted. So then all of a sudden all the music that's getting made is like two minutes. Yeah. Not all the music, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, the all. music that is kind of in that channel is like, I have to make it under two minutes. It has to be TikTok kind of, um, I don't even know the right terminology on yeah. TikTok of like the content creation. I'm so sorry. This is all behind the scenes. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, so that all the art that gets made has to change to that format. Um, yeah. Similar or, to how it has in the past. Or at the very least it's thought of in, yeah. in regards to in the process it's thought of. Now there's a lot of conversations yeah. and there's like the famous like Rick Rubin conversations over the past like year or so and with the book as well, the creative act go check that out. If you haven't the Rick Rubin book. Um, but he talks about how like the, the commercialization mm -hmm. of creativity shouldn't be in the way of a creative process, but because of how we're shifting, um, it sort of, it sort of has been. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I've, and I've asked, and I've asked a lot of artists on this podcast, like, when do you start thinking about the music business in your creative process? And a lot of people, say afterwards but a lot of people have also said that they think about it right away because they're thinking about oh will the song uh, get plays on tiktok or whatever yeah. uh will people stitch it or will people put this stitch. song in the background uh yeah. of of their of them dancing or something anyway it's yeah. like a whole thing and that like in my fear for that is like that thought i can see on the artist side yeah comes in as you're making the art. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it immediately is influencing and like your decisions and your creative process to say, like you're almost judging yourself right from the get go. Like, is this catchy enough? Yes. Is this, uh, is this short enough? Like, um, which <laughs> is crazy. Yeah. Is this short enough? But, yeah. yeah. Or like <laughs> rather than starting from the place of like, and I'm not saying that all artists do, I'm not an artist. I'm not going to speak on behalf of artists, but, yeah. Um, from a creative process standpoint, you almost want it to come from like a genuine emotional space first. Yeah. And then think about that after it's like, yeah, yeah. and maybe we, I don't know, maybe we live in a day and age where that freedom isn't necessarily granted anymore because um, whatever, like 
you know, it's a whole thing. It's but so tied. It's so tied. And yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, like, well, I have to, in order to do my art, I have to make money. But in order to make money, I have to do things a certain way or else I don't get attention. So then I, yeah. like, well, then I can't make what I want because I have to make what's going to make me money or else I can't do this at all. Yeah. And you get yourself in a little spiral. But I guess I just hope at the end of the day and, like, when we're doing our work, just to bring it back to eight, yeah. is, like, how do we value the artist's creative vision and encourage them to express themselves genuinely and say, yeah, we do need to take this in a way that can be consumed by audiences on the live side of things um, and do it effectively. But first and foremost, like how do we value you as a creative where this art that you're making is coming from a genuine vulnerable place in you Yeah, make you feel valued for that so that you can be yourself and share your vision to the world and kind of encourage that on the artist side and kind of foster that because um, it can be easy to lose that and it can be a bit discouraging, I think. So just to bring it back to our... Please. How it ties into us. and We're um, going there right now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Eight. That's Happy New Year. Happy, um, happy New Year. We are t- here basically to talk about sort of 2023, our first year, our first full year as eights, which cheers and Nest Tea cheers. For those who know, they know. Please give us a sponsorship. Nest Tea is our favorite drink. Uh, it is. <laughs> it, it just no is. No one paid us to say that. No one paid us to say that, but it actually is. Nest Tea is our favorite drink. Um, not the sugar-free version. No, not the sugar-free version. I've also, I also had the raspberry version over the holidays. That yeah, shite is whack, brother. Was it um, good though? Like, was it actually good? It I've was good. It was good. It was good. Doesn't beat out a classic. It wasn't uh, the, the, the lemon the, iced tea. Yeah. We are drinking at a room temperature right now. It's, it's a, yeah, our it's, fridge isn't working. Yeah. The fridge well, is working. No, the outlets aren't working. The fridge is working. Yeah. The aren't working. Anyway. Um, that was like our paid sponsor ad. Part of the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now back to the episode. Ew. <laughs> um, okay. I might cut that out. I might not. I don't know. We are here to talk about our first full year of eights, yeah. uh, 2023, um, where we had a bunch of tours, a bunch of artists, um, and uh, talking about our, our mistakes and successes. Mm. Um, I'm just going to fire off some tours, fire off some things, yeah. and we can talk about them. Um, I think our fir- the big one, the big first one this year was the Elio stuff for yep. the 2023 spring tour, uh, Inferno tour, yep. North American. Um, I mean, eights is sort of based on Elio, the Elio process. Those we sort of, step. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we sort of, the, the, the business or the, even the concept of eights comes out of the Elio process. So we have so much to, you know, to credit, um, Sorry, we have so much of our process to credit to Elio, the artist, but also the process of just putting that tour together and stuff. And not necessarily that tour, but 2022 specifically. Um, yeah, so Elio, spring tour, fall tour as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts when you say that? What, 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 what are some uh, successes of that, some mistakes of that stuff? Like, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you thinking about when you think about a recap or even just just even thoughts on that yeah, process? Yeah. Yeah, no, like you said, that was like, you know, um, I mean, I appreciate Charlotte and Twiggy and Sam and the whole team a lot because, you know, uh, they let us kind of come in and figure things out with Charlotte um, from ground up. And yeah. um, that opportunity um, is what allowed us to really learn a lot about um, ourselves and the, indis- you know, the, the process of kind of building a live show. And so um, they kind of, you know, she kind of took a chance on us a little bit. And so very much... Um, grateful to her for that and um i think this year was a great um 
uh, I don't know, just testament to her show and her music. And she had some really great uh, moments this year, like performances, like playing Portola in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, I think was, you know, awesome. And uh, that was part of our fall run. Um, and overall, I think just that tour running smoothly. And, you know, we have a lot of, a lot to owe to Twiggy and Sam and Mitch and Joey yeah. um, for all the help that um, they put in and Becca being on the road too. Like it was a small team, but um, yeah, proud of, proud of how that run went mm-hmm. for sure. And um, that kind of was a bit of kind of started our year and also kind of wrapped up the touring portion of of my year. At least I wasn't on tour after that. You were on yeah. tour after that. But our, our performing year for sure. Yeah, yeah, those yeah, those are most performing this year. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I was reading over your list of like just recap of this year and, and it's cool to look back on. Yeah, it is. That feels so long ago. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like yeah. the spring tour feels so long ago. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Um next up, we got Bonectao. Uh, yes. your first your first sort of toe dip if I can even say that, into the French-Canadian scene. That's right. I've been in there for uh, a long time, mm-hmm. um, sort of started in that scene. Um, what are your sort of thoughts about the French scene, first of all? I know we didn't really do that much in mm. the French scene. It was it was a lot of, like, bilingual festivals and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but, yeah, sort of your thoughts on that. I have my thoughts as well that yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll share afterwards. But please, pl- what, what first... French experience for Nate Day. It was great, man. I learned I learned some <laughs> French. Uh, bonjour, Mathieu. Uh, <laughs> bonjour, Nate. Ça va bien? Uh, uh, ouais. Good. Um, <laughs> ouais. Uh, no, I didn't really learn that much French. Was, uh, my French isn't great. Um, it doesn't exist, actually. My French doesn't <laughs> exist. Um, no, it was great. I think that, you know, um, to me, that run for us over the summer, uh, what was meaningful about that for me was that that was our first um, not first, but I think that was kind of like our first big step maybe, um, in being like tour managers and really overseeing something. Yeah. Um, and like kind of leading the tour process a little bit. And it was a small tour again, like it was literally just the four of us. Mm -hmm. Um, but like advancing the shows and coordinating, you know, helping coordinate travel stuff and, um, kind of again, designing that show a little bit, like designing the playback primarily. Yeah. And there wasn't a ton of like visual elements to the show. Um, in that case, but, um, I was very proud of looking back on that just to, um, see, I was proud of how he handled that. And I, I'm, I'm proud of how it went. I think they were happy too. I mean, Mary Clo were amazing people and just so much fun to travel with. And we got to see some really just, I don't know. I never thought I'd go to Dawson city in the Yukon and we went to Dawson <laughs> yeah. city in the Yukon. Yes. So, yeah. um, yeah. just some really cool moments, um, for that. And, Again, it's like it just feels so long ago, but it wasn't that long ago. That's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like six months ago, seven months ago. Yeah, yeah. What did you think about that? Cause, yeah, because you also kind of led the charge a lot on that front. From Frank, like speaking French, like I couldn't do a whole lot of comms on that because that's I right. Didn't speak French, so that's like, right. <laughs> so how did you feel about? That it was right? great. I think like for, like sharing the same sentiments as you in regards to sort of like the first like tour managing steps that we've done for sure mm-hmm. in regards to. Um, sort of organizing and advancing. I mean, we've done some advancing for Elio stuff, yeah. But um, on the French side, uh, for sure, and not necessarily getting um, support from managers because they d- they don't they don't really have any. So right, it was, it's it like was, independent. It's very independent in regards to that, and also 
on the Elio side or on other sides, like we would have had a tour manager or somebody step step in to those roles, but we were literally hired to be tour managers and musicians on that on that mm-hmm. on that show. So it was like a different sort of role. It yeah. was great. Yeah. Um, for for me, the same. So for those who don't know as well, it was sort of cross Canada, but also in the north, like northern mm-hmm. Canada, um, for that bow necktie summer tour. Um, I thought it was great. Yeah. Very a very lean setup. Yeah. Uh, good times. Three flights to the Yukon. Um, that was a tough weekend. Like just, <laughs> just like t- in terms of like sleep. Yeah, yeah. Just a tough weekend in terms of sleep. Just because for those of you who don't know, Yukon as well. The sun doesn't really go down oh, um, right. in the summertime. Yeah. So you're you're literally packing up post show, and it's it looks like it's like ten in the morning, and the sun's just like sort of on the horizon, but only getting brighter. So it's it's really weird. Yeah. We we went for a drink. I remember in Dawson City, and uh, or we went to the casino in Dawson City. <laughs> yeah. yeah we did yeah and just like we got out of there like 2 a.m we or whatever we weren't gambling or anything at the casino. no we didn't gamble. that was just like the, it was it was the thing to do it was a casino slash cabaret <laughs> theater performance yeah. slash there was a guy there was a stand in the corner that sold like pizza and sandwiches yeah at yeah. one in the morning yeah it felt like that was the one of the only things to do but it was sick like everybody oh, wanted yeah. to do that Oh, it was packed. And honestly, if I lived in Dawson City, I would love it too. Um, I did love it. I'm not from no, Dawson and I City. yeah, yeah. honestly, I did <laughs> yeah, love yeah. it. It was quite the experience, and um, yeah, so so wild. Um, mm-hmm. but but as we got out of there, it was still sunlight. It was like okay, like <laughs> yeah. we 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 we. we I, I was so happy to get to Ontario because when we landed, it was the evening. It was the nighttime. Yeah, and there was darkness, and I could go to bed properly. Um, Hello, darkness, my old friend. That's right. Yeah. And, um, I, and just to add on to that, too, I think something I learned a lot from that one, just very quickly, yep. is um, more about the grant side of things because they yes. they're big on um, like they they get a lot of funding through grants, which a lot of artists in Canada do. For those who maybe are listening outside of Canada, um, the grant system is very important up here, um, which I wasn't super familiar with. So I learned a lot about that, and I think also. Um, I won't say I made mistakes, but I think would do like after that tour, I realized there were some things I would do differently just in terms of our own kind of um, like budgeting and estimating. And yeah, um, not that, uh, not in terms of like anyone doing anything wrong, but I think just in terms of ease of communication and um, planning things out with the artist, um, they're just, you don't know those things until you get into it and yeah, trying yeah. to figure things out. So um, I was grateful for that too, because I think that kind of, uh, help me learn a lot about just going forward how we do some of the more operational accounting things that are a little bit boring but important. So. Yeah, totally. Me because yep. loving what I thought it was tour. Um, we didn't go on that tour, mm-hmm. but we um, played a part in setting that up. Um, we've also been playing over the last couple of years with with Mimi, um, mostly in Toronto, local. But this year, um, wanted to take the steps to uh, go to the states. Get a visa and go to the states and do yeah. some 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 solo tour. Sorry, sorry, some solo traveling tour with local musicians in every city. Mm-hmm. Um, similar vibe to a Katie Tupper, which we've had on the podcast and we've talked to her about sort of that process for her in regards to getting her Civic, driving across the country <laughs> yeah, and yeah. meeting different musicians in in, in every city. Um, but ba- that's what basically what Mimika did um, for the uh, love and what I thought it was tour. 
um, for that record. Mm-hmm. Um, we set that up, uh, playback programming, a little bit of MD- MDing for sure on that end yep. uh, in regards to documentation, getting her set up because at the beginning of, well, like when we, when we were playing for Mimi, it was very much like a pop uh, sort of rock sort of situation. That's right. But with this record, uh, with arrangements by Ben Lee, Shadow Ben Lee, um, it was more of like an or- orchestral arrangement album, a lot of strings, a lot of like woodwinds and like stuff like that, steel. And um, basically what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying here is that she wanted to translate or transition her show from like this band show with drums to basically this more classical oriented sort mm-hmm. of set. And we set her up with uh, a cellist and a piano player. So she went out on the road with that um, playback it's like session to accommodate her singing a cellist and a piano player. And that's what she did Yeah, um, all over the States. Um, yeah. Very happy for her. Yeah. What are your thoughts there? When you look back on that, um, what are some of the things that you're most proud of that? And um, some things, maybe, maybe not mistakes, but some things that could maybe be um, improved on next time. Sort of. Yeah. We do something similar to that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I'm super proud of me. I'm so happy for all, like what she's working on, and, and like you said, her music is so cool, and the direction she's taking with it. And um, yeah, our role in that was yeah to kind of because um, she's basically traveling on her own. It's mm-hmm. like you know, what I mean, she's basically taking the whole playback kit, like learned yeah. how to set it all up, like was killing it, and like she was learning how to use all like the interfaces and stuff, and use Ableton, and we were using Ableset, I think, to control that session with her. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, I think that again was just that was an opportunity to kind of. Um, um, I think that was like one of the experiences this year that showed me like how um, a lot of our work is. Uh, like, like, we really have to like we adapt to every artist in every situation and what they what they need. Yeah, and that was a great example of like in her case, um, you know, she's going out on her own, um, needed a kind of quick and easy setup um, and kind of well-documented and something easy that she could troubleshoot. Yes. Um, and slim, you know, something like that is like um, kind of a light file, like not something that um, yeah, like yeah, could, yeah. could run on like on her laptop that was a little bit older or any laptop and kind of still be uh, stable. Um, and so we kind of got to do some just creative kind of work trying to figure out what's going to, best suit her needs and yeah and then translate that to some videos uh for her at the end of the year we, we did a really nice uh she had like a little radio session she did and so kind of getting to translate that to a live recording was amazing and um and yeah i think from that one just learning i don't know just learning how to adapt like i said and yeah, yeah. every That's artist like- in every situation can be a little bit different which i think is exciting about what we do and it also makes what we do a little more complicated because as we're entering into formalizing our business, yeah. um, you know, I, I feel like I keep saying this a lot. It's not like um, you're starting a restaurant where it's like there, there's kind of a right and a wrong way to like, I might be wrong. I actually don't know about that. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the restaurant industry. I was trying to think of like, a, like something where there's like standards. You know, yeah, like, yeah, sure. Oh, this sure. is how you are a good electrician or something. I don't know. Right, right. Um, where it's like there, you know, there's a process for it. Where yes, in yeah. our case, um, it's like every project we work on, it just looks 
super different and our process is different every time. So it's a little bit harder to formalize, but that's also what makes what we do very fun. So um, rambled a little bit there, but no, it's great. Yeah. It's great. How about you? Um, for the Mimica stuff, I think, sure. yeah, yeah I, I honestly, I think, I, I, I mean, we've known Mimi for a long time. It's again, it's great to see her doing the stuff that she wants to do yeah, um, and pushing herself and pushing herself. Yeah. And um, it's a great feeling for us as well, for her to want us on, on these things and for us to support her in that way. Um, I, for, yeah, for me, I think it's adaptability on that one and um, sort of seeing the vision through in regards to translating what the album really is to mm-hmm. what, um, what the show could look like. Because at the, at the beginning, uh, she was skeptical about it. Not necessarily skeptical, skeptical about um, what could be done, but what, what her show could... Uh, would look like after this record. Right. We were still approaching it in regards to, oh, let's have drums, let's have guitars and piano kind of thing on this on these songs, um, but still have like strings in the playback or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when we were when we sat down in my kitchen and had that call with her, and we're like, well, we could actually just change it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, By two weeks out from the show. Yeah, two weeks yeah. out from the show. Yeah, we could actually just change everything about your live show and have a piano player and a string player with you and i think from that moment like her, her whole like world change in regards to um the live show yeah in regards to the possibilities of what it could look like from a live perspective and i also don't want to speak on behalf of of, of her um but i think i think that's what we, what we did there was 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 great and just yeah ad- adapting to her needs yeah and i think that what also I think that process showed me because it was a tight turnaround. Remember that first show it was very tight turnaround. Was um, bringing in great people. Yeah, um, it's so important. You know, I mean, like uh, Andrew Park and Jeremy uh, on Instagram, Jeremy Seventy. Yeah, um, on, on piano and Andrew on cello, um, just phenomenal players. You know what I mean? So when you yeah. bring in people that you can trust, and um, it's like, oh yeah, it's a tight turnaround, and like it's risk. It's like when you have great team members and you have great people around you. They're going to do great work. Yeah. And that just really reinforced that idea for me, like how important it is to um, trust and um, build, like invite people in uh, to um, let them do what they do best, you know, and then they pulled it off and it was amazing. They did an amazing job. So um, that was something else I learned from that. Yeah. Fantastic. Moving on to the next one, um, the beaches, Uh, the beaches tour. Mm -hmm. Um, Blame my ex tour um, that brought them uh, across North America, Europe, and is continuing uh, as mm. we speak, sort of thing. Um, you know, I can't really say where they're going, but basically taking them uh, basically to the moon now because since that record was released and even before that, they've sort of been blowing up. Um, we had a we had the opportunity and the honor to um, do a bunch of things for them: uh, mm. rig build, um, do their playback programming. Yeah. And I got to go on the road with them, yeah. um, being their playback and backline guy on Deep Road. And it was great. Um, I think for us, it's it's one of our bigger clients in regards to not necessarily starting from the ground up with, 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 with our client, like uh, an Elio, for instance, or like a Mimi, or um, it, it sort of, it, it was sort of a proof of concept in regards to uh, the beaches because I felt like there was a lot of trust and it like given yeah. um to us and uh i it felt great um yeah for those who don't uh know uh, not a lot of people know this but this building where we're at now 
my eighth space is um, basically next to the Beaches Studio. So that's how we got to know them and how the conversation sparked up with James Quinn, their tour manager, uh, band dad, and fifth member of the Beaches, um, mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, he, he asked me if, if we could do some of the work, and uh, we gladly accepted, and um, it was great, and it still is great. Yeah. Um, what so are your thoughts on that stuff? Yeah, well, I was going to say, I feel like you should speak more to this one because you were out on the road with them. Yeah. Um, my part, and it was a little smaller. I kind of, I, I did the rig build for just a little playback kit. Yeah. Um, and got it kind of set up just using a little Play Audio 12. And um, and it sounds like it's been uh, working. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, I, I kind of want to flip it back to you and just, because you were the one on the road for a good month. Yeah, about a month. About three yeah. weeks, yeah. And just like what that was like for you. I mean, we've talked a bit about it, but I mean, on the pod, yeah. I know you've reflected a little bit on it. But, yeah. Um, I haven't really talked about it much on the pod. Uh, I mean, we had some great conversations with the girls on the pod and mm -hmm. Lori as well from yeah, the yeah. camp, from management. Um, for me, I think what what the Beaches Blame My Ex tour is for me is my first tour as a tech. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, wearing all black clothes and wearing the gloves, you the know, Solomons. <laughs> yeah. you get the Solomons on the feet, you know, um, and 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 my day starting at 10 a.m. and ending sometimes at 2 a.m. and repeating that cycle for for weeks. Um, I think for me, it was just a big um, lear learning experience. I learned so much on that tour and I want to thank the team on that because uh, there were some mistakes for sure. Um, but learning I think learning for me is always like number one and why we are doing this podcast, but uh, specifically on that tour, um, so much learned and so much to apply to what I learned on that, to what we do operationally here at eights and the vision of eights and how mm -hmm. we could help some of the processes on not, no, not only that tour, but on other tours and seeing it, how it is from a tech perspective. Yeah. Uh, it was a big one for me. Um, and yeah, I, I, it was great. I love the, I love those girls. Um, and uh, just getting along with, with the team, with Meg Moon as well, who we had on the podcast, um, and that whole team there. And I'm, I'm stoked for what's to come for them. Yes, as a band, independently from us, but also what we could do together uh, to get them still to that next level, yeah. which they're growing so fast. Um, and for those who are listening and are Beaches fans, or not even Beaches fans, just rock music and not necessarily only rock music but just music fans they have a huge show at Budweiser in in August 2024 please check that out it's with some friends of ours as well um in, sorry in Valley in um New West and yeah. in Dizzy as well so it's a full, right. big 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 bill that's on a that. crazy lineup yeah. yeah um and the Devin Cole stuff yeah um which we talked about at the beginning of this app uh, which you're supporting the merch. I know, yeah, uh, I which put is the fantastic. Merch on today. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was it was a, it was an honor uh, to do that stuff as well, programming um, yeah. and rig building, and sort of being in rehearsals for yourself there yeah. with Alex. Um, and also thanks to Julian Laferriere, who's <laughs> who's been sort of feeding uh, so many opportunities our way since the beginning of eights and since sort of the beginning of, of my steps towards playback programming specifically. Um, and she sort of, he passed on this Devin sort of opportunity to us on that. Um, so shout out Julian LaFerrier. Um, but um, for the Devin stuff, speaking to successes and mistakes mm -hmm. or just, just your experience with that. Um, I wasn't necessarily like I have, I still haven't met her, which is 
What? Really? My, no, no, I haven't met her. I oh, mean, wow. we we met over like a like a Zoom or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. um, but well. we haven't been in the same room. Um, how was your experience there in rehearsals? How about yeah, that? yeah, 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 yeah. I guess as a recap on that one, we um, our role in that was yeah playback programming. We kind of yeah. uh, you you program the new session for them and some auto tune programming, and then um, as I mentioned, Alex and I did uh, a rig build for them. They got a bunch of wireless equipment um, they wanted rigged up for the road. Yes, yeah. um, to switch over to wireless ears, wireless instruments. Um, which is super exciting for them. And then uh, kind of did some production rehearsals with them um, just to keep touching up the playback session and uh, make sure everything was working smoothly, um, as well as a bunch of handoff documentation uh, for them and uh, Paul Mack, who's TMing for them in front of house. Um, and yeah, that experience was like, um, learned a ton again. That was just a yeah. huge learning opportunity. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm glad everything uh, like ran smooth, and I think um, Alex did a killer job helping us design that, and the whole team, Manny and uh, Devin and Zoe and Erica, are all fantastic players and um, just people, very talented. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I think you know that was just an opportunity to kind of again like take that proof of concept of like uh, pre-production in a very like for us in a very intentional way that wasn't just trying to throw it together but still do it quickly yeah um and like really try to strategize okay what's a good like how are you gonna pack this down what are you taking out on the road how do we want the session to run um alex did a great job mixing in like an in-ears file for them to take out like how do we just systematize that for them so it's easy to take and, and go with yeah um in a lean way as in well. a lean you know in a lean way because uh, it's still a small team and there were an opening slot as well. Yeah, opening for Charlotte. Yeah. Cardan. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think also, and just coming away learning from that a lot for me was like, um, again, just the operational expense side of things like quoting on a slightly bigger project and just what would go into building bigger rigs. Yeah. Um, and how long it takes to pull stuff together. Like, it's still a bit of a process of, like every time you do something differently, it's like, how long is this going to take me? Like you can guess. Yeah. Um, but you, you don't really get good at guessing until you do it over and over again. And, and yeah. you know, um, or estimating, I should say, not guessing. So, um, so just that process and bringing someone else in, like having Alex in working with another, uh, like a new team member was great. Um, and, um, you know, I think there's some stuff on the road too. Like I remember, you know, Paul reached out and was like, one of the cases was too heavy and like kind of like there's a bit of like a miscalculation. Um, and even in the estimating early on, like I'm just being super transparent. There's a bit of miscalculation on my end. There's a bit of a big mistake. Um, and thankfully they were like very gracious and we, we sorted it all out. But, um, you know, those things for me are like, um, kind of those humbling moments of, Oh, I, you know, I, when you were saying like making mistakes on the road and stuff, yeah, too, yeah. I was like, they're in my head, I was like, you don't, if there's no mistakes, there's no learning going on. Totally, like, totally. So, and I'm trying to be like kind to myself in those moments and also know that this is all still development and learning for us right now, figuring out how, we, how we're going to do things. So, um, again, just very grateful for them, the opportunity to uh, have a step in and give us the trust, I think is the big thing. Is like when someone gives it the keys to the kingdom of their show mm. and being like, yeah, like you're going to dictate whether or not this show, like this playback file works. And it's like, okay, that's a lot of trust yeah, on yeah. us. Um, so to be given that, you're just very grateful for. And um, that was kind of my reflection on that one. And um, again, just a quick turnaround there. 
But um, oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah, happy, yeah, happy for it. And I, I'm hoping you know again similar to the beaches, like um, there's still more to do for their show, and uh, would love to help. Yeah, being a part and uh, seeing them grow and succeed. So. Mm. Again, we were just talking about the tours, but uh, there's so much more that we did in 2023. Uh, of course, work with some of the artists that I'm about to name here. Uh, Akeem O, Allegra Jordan, Chris Gray, Maya Malkin, Pleasure Craft. If you're around uh, in Toronto, February 3rd, we're playing at the Baby G. Um, <laughs> flavors and Vibes, yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, No Disco. Um, there are some more as well. Um and, and, and some more, some more, but also some more projects, including the Cloud Machine podcast, including yep. Eight's Rigs, um, including the studio that we're in right now, uh, Eight Space, and um, having so many people through the studio um, and using the space has been great. Um, maybe a little bit of an announcement. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're in this new space um, here. We've had it since December. We, I think, I believe the first episode of the podcast that we had here uh, in this room was, was Shea Holt, um, where we talked about the new eight space studio. Um, and it was basically, t- it, well, it is twice the size as our old studio that we started this podcast in. Um, and that we started in December. Uh, we were renovating the studio throughout the month of December uh, and, uh, in late December, while I was home for the holidays in Sudbury, uh, we got noticed that this building was going to get turned, uh, teared down where sorry, was going to get torn down. Torn down yeah. yeah. That's my ESL. Uh, nah, for you. Good, um, that this building was going to get torn down and we have to be out, uh, on February 1st of 2024, uh, which is in less than a month. Um, so I mean, I was grieving the studio for a bit and the space, uh, we did so much work. For, uh, in the space to get it to where it is currently. Um, but we sort of sadly have to see it go um, before the end of the month. So it's unfortunate for us. Um, yeah. We were going to see eight space through for the twenty for the 2024 season, for the year rather. Um, but um, that was a big project in 2023, which unfortunately can't continue anymore. But we will be back in a physical space shortly. Um, I don't know when that is. Probably maybe maybe it's later this year, um, but we'll, we'll we'll keep you up to date on that. Um, so that yeah, it's a little bit of eight space, our first home, which yeah. is sort of wild to say. Uh, and uh, it's only one of the project at eights. Eights isn't a physical space. It's sort of like a well, it's a company. It doesn't matter where where it is at. Um, so home is where the heart is. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not yeah. it's not where you are, but who you're with. So there you go. Um, rip eight space yeah, for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going into topic two, <laughs> it's funny, um, is the where are we at, where at, where are we at with eights? Um, the last episode that you were on, it was called the new eights. Uh, yeah. It was a two-parter episode uh, where we spoke about the fall 2023's Inferno tour. I believe that was in October or November that we had an episode. Um, and, and the pivot in our mandate, which was primarily based off of the need for more collaboration within the production teams and the music industry. Now, over the last couple of months, we've had many chats with loads of individuals about the business. And I just wanted to chat about where we are at now. Um, just a little quick update from us, the fellas, um, to document our process. Yes, but also to talk about it for the people listening. And thank you if you're still with us uh, on this one. Um, I wanted to speak about our potential 
just, this is just for documentation as well, but just mm-hmm. our potential pivot towards the visual space as well that we're not going towards. But I just wanted to talk about briefly that um, for a long, for, for, for a while, for a couple months there, um, eights, we thought about sort of opening our doors to um, the potential, the, well, the possibility to go more in the visual space and the audio space. Um, opening our doors to um, lighting and video and visuals and um, a lot of stuff for the company and sort of um, doing sort of creative production management and design for that space as well and sort of having an artist or having an artist being sorry having potential clients come to us for not only the audio side but for the visual side as well and sort of us as eights managing that side of things um, for for an artist's live show, both audio and visual side. Um, now we're not going towards that anymore. Yeah. Um, do you have Do you have a word to say on that? And yeah. um, what do you think? Yeah, I yeah I know, and I feel like you know, um, every time I know every time we like, you know, talk about where we're going. Um, it feels like a few months later we kind of like adjust it, but I think yep. that's also like I'm curious to look back like five years from now, yes. and, like listen to these episodes and like see <laughs> our process, yeah, and just I don't know, it doesn't bother me too much. Like I, it's like it's just the natural part of of kind of moving along and, and pivoting, and and it's like a bit of a real time. Like it's also why I think it's good for us to talk about it and like share the process with people so they can maybe see a bit of a. Uh, like when we're talking about this here on the podcast, like it is literally just us talking. Like, yeah, just you know, yeah. <laughs> um, the day at the office. Yeah, and uh, um, I think I've been like reflecting a little bit the last couple of weeks as we've been talking about um, where we're going, um, of the balance between uh, like having a vision, yeah, and a dream. Um, with um, what foundation you set when you're starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that there's like multiple ways to reach a vision. Um, and there's multiple pathways to reach kind of um, like when we're talking about the goal of like wanting to help teams collaborate. Yes. Um, or help departments collaborate and uh, have more smooth lines of communication across everybody on a production. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to do that. Yeah. Um, that don't have to be the core practical starting point of a business. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I think it's been an exercise of letting ourselves dream and think and learn. And then also it's a very similar to the creative process and an artistic sense of like, your brain has to go out and explore and dream and think, and then it has to almost the skill of being able to reel things back in to execute. Yeah. Um, it's an iterative cycle. Um, and it doesn't mean that that stuff that you're dreaming or vision, like trying to envision is going to waste. Um, it just means you have to put it on the right part on the path um, and be patient and, and pick and choose what you're going to take first. Cause um, uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy like, um, give me one second. <laughs> no, um, like when you're like, 
when you're building anything big, it starts somewhere. Like it, it has to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, but in order to start somewhere, you have to focus on that one thing mm-hmm. or focus on that like kind of foundational piece. So yeah. Um, I think for us, it's just been an exercise in that. And um, I'm grateful to be able to like figure that out with you. And so I think for us right now, like, um, I mean, you said this the other day, um, all these things that we like working on and, and like working with and learning about, um, say some from rig building to musical direction, to playback, to, um, being a tech on the road to learning about some of the visual design pieces. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, people start entire companies with just one thing and it's like, there's an entire company that just does rig building. Yeah. And yeah. They, they like, that's it. They don't touch anything else. And you, they build an entire successful company on that. Um, and so I think for us kind of picking that foundational, um, piece, what are we going to structure our business plan around has been a big exercise for us. And so yeah. just for, you know, yeah transparency and context yeah just as people are listening it's like what are we doing it's like it's not that we're like oh i'd never want to think about the visual side of things ever again it's just like when we're writing our business plan out what are we what are we putting like uh our stake in the ground in yeah um i'm trying to like be sensitive like i'm talking about this like transparently yeah um but like even just like when it goes for like getting funding and right like i said writing a business plan yeah it's like what are you like what's your company and trying to articulate that what are you and what do you do yeah and what are we confident in yeah too it's a big thing as well yeah and kind of being like let's okay let's all that dreaming we do okay like now let's strip it back a little bit and say this is this is where we're going to start yeah and then figure out how we're going to get into those other spaces whether it's through our in-house business or whether it's through network building or whether it's through uh, different styles of doing uh, contracts and team building and yes. um, collaboration. collaboration. It's yeah. like there's a lot of ways to achieve that uh, that doesn't have to be at the foundation of eight as a like business on paper. So yeah. um, again, don't know if that all made sense. I'm trying to not trying to like say that. Do you think I did a good job? Like it was great. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, every like every answer, every answer you answer, like, I don't know if that makes sense. It is gaslighting yeah. myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that's uh, that's how I've been thinking about it anyway. Totally. Um, so I don't feel like discouraged. Like when we say, oh, we're like, no, no, no. So we're going to do one thing. And we're going to do another. For me, it's like, nah, it's just like all part of it. No, no. I gained so much from going down that path. Yeah. I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, um, how about you? How do you, how do you feel about it? Yeah. No. Yeah. I think it's just, again, learning. I think I'm a huge dreamer and I'm a huge like vision guy. And that's sort of where, where we're going just individually in the, within the business. But Mm -hmm. I think it's important to dream, but it's also important to recognize what can be done currently and uh, in the current state of where we're at as a business, but also individually and um, where the company could go. Yeah. Um, You know, I've always, it, I don't necessarily want to say it's like, it's always been, it's a downfall or something. I think it can be positive, but I've always dreamt so far ahead that maybe my current, like my present isn't sort of grounded. Mm. And uh, it sounds like a therapy session right now, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but, but, but I think, um, you know, I, I think it's good to, to, to dream, but mm-hmm. it's also good in a business sense as well to just concentrate on what we are currently doing. Because yeah. there's so much work to be done in what we're currently doing. Yeah. Um, and just to validate what you're saying, like on the vision side of things, like when you're saying sometimes that goes too far, like that's the thing that I appreciate about you and working with you is because mm. that's the side that I struggle with because I'm more of the like, I struggle with letting my brain go too far because I'm so risk averse. Right. Like, so like, um, 
like focused on like, oh, what, what problems might we run into? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> go yeah. too fast too, you know? Sure, sure. Um, and so finding that balance between us too. Mm. And like, I just want to encourage you in that. And it's like, no, that's like, that's the, that's what I love about working with you is that you have that vision and that like dreaming capability. And, um, and so I never want to take away from that or devalue that. Right. When it comes to them, you're like, oh, we have to like figure out something like a practical next step. So like, it doesn't mean that any of that dreaming is bad. It's yeah. like, um, it's like, how do we still foster that while at the same time? Then, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, putting on paper. And so I'm like, I'm like hesitant to even say like what we're talking about doing right now in the present. I'm like saying it out loud because I, I feel like if I say it out loud, I'm going to jinx it. And then the next podcast is going to be different. <laughs> so I'm like, just not sure. going to say it out loud. But like for people to know, yeah, basically what we're trying to do is just yes. like take what we've been doing and exploring and trying out over the last year and just honing in on starting in one place or like kind of a, a more centralized place um, just purely from a business standpoint yep. um, and developing that and then kind of building from there. Um, but I just, I just wanted to say that. Uh, well, thank you. Quickly. Yeah. Thanks. You f- thanks for validating that. Um, yeah. I find myself sometimes like, ah, is it too much? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is, sometimes it just yeah. is, but anyway, it can be, and I know it's like, it can be like, um, <laughs> like yeah, I don't want this to be a, se- a therapy session. So we're just going <laughs> to go there. Um, but like I know on the on the side of the like vision, yeah. When and even with the eight space, like I'm so like it's such a bummer that it, it got like yes. it's getting cut so short. Um, but I know like from the vision standpoint, the vision you have for um, like what this space represents is mm. like the vision for the community fostering and the vision yes. for um, artist development and networking and just like fostering that collaboration and i know it can be very discouraging when the vision when something gets in the way of a vision um and then the emotion that i run into on, on like the on my side of things is like anxiety of like yeah the emotion of like going towards a vision is like anxiety inducing yeah yeah, yeah. so there's like i know like the not reaching the vision is like discourage like the negative emotion associated with that is <laughs> discouragement and for me the negative emotion associated with my side is like the push like to anx- like anxiousness stepping forward and like needing <laughs> yeah, more yeah. courage to like totally. Move. So it's like, I, I don't know. Just like, it's Oh a, man. I, I mean, think about that bit. I'm anxious as hell too, but <laughs> yeah, I must say, you know, no, no, that's not what yeah. I'm saying, but there's also a, a sense of letting go as well in, in that there's no more. And I'm, I'm, I'm maybe this is a little bit of an overshare, but in letting go of the space as well, there's also, a lot of anxiety being taken back, like being taken out of me in regards to, okay, there's no more rent to pay. There's no more artists to sort of uh, facilitate here or there, there, there's a lot less work to do in regards to this space. Yeah. So it it is a little bit of anxiety reducing. That's true. But it sucks in many ways too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And that's, and that was like, I think that also sparked the thoughts in us of being like, okay, Cause that way we were talking about like, we have to get a whole marketing plan together and how are we going to get people into the space? And yep. um, it was going to take up a huge portion of like, we literally had like a to-do list of what we we're going to do. Yeah. For January um, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that kind of, I think maybe initiated some of the process of us being like, okay, like let's pair that back. Totally. And maybe there's a couple of things we can pair back to so we can put more effort into what we're currently doing. Exactly. Yeah. And what we have experience in. Yeah. Which is the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Actually, talking about talking about that and sort of wrapping up the pod, I know you're sort of hesitant to talk about what we're what we're sort of doing. But for those listening, what could our client what what do what do our potential clients 
what can they look for like for innates? Like what can they come to us for? Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm gonna think of the most like concise way to articulate this. Sure. Um, what is AIDS now? <laughs> yeah, I think it is um step back very quickly. This has been I think the the challenge and what we've been working on is this articulation right here. Yeah. Um, because I think some of the feedback just like unconsciously I've gotten to is like, well, wait, what do you guys do? Yeah. Like, and so trying to clear that up, um, going forward. And, um, so I don't want this to be written in stone anywhere. No, no. Um, but I, I don't think it's changed. I think we're just getting more clear. Concise. Yeah. Um, but, um, as of now, like, you know, we, we still want to be hired by managers and artists and go to them when they need when they're done their record and done writing their music and then they need to translate it for live. Yeah. And for us in our skill set and our experience and what we're good at, that means musical direction and playback. Um and then there's some other things that go into that, kind of underneath that, which is like um a bit of production strategy. Like I said, some of the documentation, like what gear are you gonna take out with you? What do you need? How much might that cost? Like what's the best way to pack this down? Yeah. Um doing some rig building to support that. Um, if you need some, uh, you know, playback equipment built, assembled, things like that. Um, and those go into kind of our bread and butter of being musical directors and playback engineers and coming in to, sorry, I'm not really talking very close to the mic right now. It's okay. Um, uh, and then from there, building our networks to the other team members yeah. Um, and I think for us, we've been on the fence of trying to figure out how central, like how much do we bring under eights and how much do we try to build ties to things outside of eights? Like what's the line? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and like, so I, as in, have it, do we have it in-house or do we not have it in-house? Yeah. And when I say like stuff in-house, I mean like, uh, like uh, do we tackle stuff like front of house engineering? Do we stop tackle stuff like tour managing, which we, you know, we've kind done. Of, we've done a little bit of yeah. now and experimented with. Um, do we do um, like production managing on the road? Where does performance fit into it? Are we hiring band members? Do we want to be playing? Yeah. And then on the lighting side too, like what were you talking about earlier with the, the visual stuff? So does that include visual stuff? Or do we have to bring stuff in to learn about that? And so I think we're just like kind of taking a step back to saying what's our bread and butter? Yep. And then, and saying our bread and butter is coming to an artist and a manager, working with them to say, let's program your show and get it ready to be played live, whether that's with us performing, with a band performing. Like, that's what we're good at. That's what we did with Elio. That's what we've done with our artists all of last year. Yep. Um, and keep building on that and um, and facilitate collaboration and continue to expand our network um, because that vision of building, I'd say that vision of fostering the industry towards a more collaborative and, um, I say, Inclusive, inclusive, like kind of industry. Yeah, um, we can still do that. Oh, of course. Like through, um, what we do partnerships. Yeah. So yeah. Um. That, again, that wasn't super concise. I'm like, like, <laughs> no, like thinking back, I was like, just didn't make it concise at all. No, no it's um, fine. That's that's I. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think I think just to summarize as well. I think like eights is now sort of leaning towards being. St- maybe not strictly, but sort of concentrating on live music production 
from, yes, musical direction aspect, playback aspect, and a production design and strategy aspect mm-hmm. um, in regards to being there early, mm-hmm. concentrating on translating the record to live. Um, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. But yeah, taking taking the song to the stage. Yeah. We're, and also just still wrapping up, um, things that we're looking at this year, I'm going to name a couple things off, yeah, not to great. get too into it, but no, no, to great. let the people know as well. Hold us accountable too. Yeah, hold us accountable, <laughs> sure. Uh, Aids is officially looking at the process of incorporation for the business, um, which has been sort of taking up a lot of time in our minds over the last couple months. Um, we're also doing a concept called, what, we're, what we've called just in documents, 100 Coffees, which is basically the concept of just meeting with uh, meeting and networking with so many people in the industry. Yes. To learn more. Um, but to also know what their like processes, like what the challenges that they've, they've sort of um, experienced um, recently and not in a podcast format in more of a mm-hmm. 30 minute sort of private conversations format. Yeah. Um, we're looking at what this podcast will look like when the studio is not a physical space anymore. Um, so we're probably looking at doing some virtual podcasts um, for the next little while and yeah. might be a forever thing. So True. stay tuned on that. Um, and, um, and of course, the studio is what we're looking at. But mm-hmm. um, so that's what we're currently looking at for the year. And yeah. of course, working a lot more with uh, our clients and new clients on yeah. the horizon. Um, any words on that? No, I think you summarized it great. Yeah, just like this year for us is really how do we sorry, how do we formalize AIDS? And yep. um yeah, step number one is uh you know, doing more of the business development side, which um is taking up a lot of our time right now, which is good. Uh and that's our, our first step. Yeah. And uh so um I'm excited for this year. And I was trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah. No, but that's that yeah. pretty much covers it right now. Yeah. I was I was taking a look at the first episode ever of the Cloud Machine podcast mm-hmm. um, a few days ago. Yeah. Just to think about what our first chats were like and um, what uh, what this chat today could look like. Hmm. Um, and one of the first thing, or what, sorry, one of the last things that I asked you in the first po- podcast episode ever uh, was, what is your dream for eights? And I want to ask yeah, you I again. Yeah, I remember that because we posted that clip, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and w- so I want to re-ask you again wow. a year later, what is now the dream for, for AIDS as we, as we conclude this episode? Wow. Yeah. That's a great question. I feel like it is a less practical dream than probably what I said last time. I'm trying to remember what I said last time. I think I said something around like musical directing and tour managing or something. Mm-hmm. And I think for me on a personal level, I feel like I've been letting go of like what is like the the what? Yeah. And more like the what's underneath. And the why. Yeah. And saying yes. I think the dream is more so related to like you know whatever eights is, I wanna look back in ten years. And see growth and see that we've, you know, 
built something sustainable for ourselves and contributed to really meaningful projects, whatever that looks like. And I think we're getting clear on what that means yeah. like, practically. Sure. Um, but I think for me, that's, that's kind of the, like, the meaning behind it is, like, that. that's kind of what I want now, you know, is um, just to be a part of it with you and, and look back, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now and um, say we've been a part of building something and, and not just ourselves, like for ourselves, like an egotistical way. Yeah. Um, but been a part of building things with other creatives. And um, I think that's been like, that's at the heart. I think of just me from a personal front. Sorry, I'll try to keep this short, but the, like, um, I think what's so meaningful to me about, not to get too philosophical, like creativity in general, like whether that's films, books, music, um, is they outlast people. Yeah. Um, well, they outlast people and also they give people very meaningful experiences when it's in a like temporal format, like if it's a concert, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think every, and like what's beautiful about it is you're, there's always an opportunity to work on another one. And so I think I just want to be able to look back in five, 10 years and say that we got to do that and still be doing it at that point. So that's, that's maybe the dream now for me at least, but how about yourself? Fantastic. That's a great answer. Um, yeah, I think for me as well, like I, I think over the last year it's been, it's been sort of a shift to, to what and how, mm -hmm. but why? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, why do we, why are we doing this? And for what, for what? And yeah. um, our sort of, for me, I think it's to do eights. Eights can be multiple things, and mm -hmm. it has been multiple things. Um, and it, but I think, yeah, building a community, yeah, is a dream. Um, for me personally, um, ha having more inclusion in the music industry, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. getting more diversity in the industry. For me, as well, it's it's if if eights can make a difference, a positive difference in the industry, not necessarily yeah. only for the industry, but for the people. I think that's a big big one for me. Um, I think starting there and not necessarily having a concept of what we need to do to get there, mm -hmm. but having an impact on that vision. I think that's for me. That's that's number one. And to also innovate. Mm, yeah, want to bring 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 the industry. Uh, to a better place, both technologically, techn techn blah, 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 technologically, um, but also in a, in a new creative ways and yeah. solving different problems. I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull pull a page out of your book here and say I don't know if that answered it. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I think that's where I want to go with eights mm -hmm. um, and doing the things that we love, being musical direction, playback, playing. Yeah doing some production design and strategy. I think that's, that's, that's uh, the focus that I'm, I'm, I'm more comfortable with yeah, and more confident in. And I think for us to take steps towards that, I think it's great. Yeah. And, and just to echo that too, like from a industry, like the industry standpoint, like I think seeing other people move the industry and like shape the industry in really new, innovative, inclusive kind of um, innovative ways. Yeah. And I think, you know, we know, internally kind of who some of those role models for us are. Yes. Um, but I like being a part of that and just totally like, like in my head, I'm like, what can we do to support that movement? Yeah. Whatever that looks like and just be a part of it. Yeah. Um, 
just to echo what you're saying, I think. No, totally. That's I it, share that. And it's these movements that not only, like you were saying, like these pieces of art or music or uh, films and stuff outlast human beings in many mm-hmm. ways. But movements, I would even say, movements impact and outlast even those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when it's an industry that is going and like, um, uh, sooner Ruthier on the podcast, cause I know we talked about this, I think on the last podcast too, but yep. she just had mentioned on the learn live music podcast, how it's such like music and in- the music industry is such a new industry compared to other industries. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like, there's so much room to grow and that just like totally shifted the way I thought about things. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Like, I would love to just be a part of the industry like improving and like, you know, yeah, because that not only for us, but for other people working with and for like people down the line years from now, um, the, the industry is growing and changing and young people are coming up and there's new ways to make music. There's new ways to perform music. There's new ways to experience music. Um, and it's the more, like you said, sustainable, inclusive, uh, impactful, mm. um, that we can be through shaping a kind of more effective industry than the better. So if we can be part of that, then, you know, I'll die a happy man. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I'd like to thank you for coming on today. Yeah, we um, said just so everybody knows, we said we we're going to try to keep it to 40 minutes. And I'm looking at my watch <laughs> and I think we went for about an hour and a half. Yeah. So, yes. Um, <laughs> But I wasn't, ex- uh, to be honest, that's, uh, my intention was 45 minutes, but I knew that we were going to go a lot yeah, longer than that, which is fine. Um, some editing. To do. Yeah. Some, a little bit of editing to do probably, but, um, there you go. Thanks man for coming on. Course, and, man. um, you said it many times, but I also wanted to say it to you. I'm grateful to have you through this process and to do it with you as yeah, well. You, um, and, um, I just want to also thank, uh, those who are, p- Still here after uh, basically our office chat uh, today, uh, looking back on 2023 and what 2024 could um, look like. Um, please check out uh, Nade Day's socials. That's uh, at Nade Day <laughs> underscore on Instagram. Um, and also the AIDS stuff as well. Um, that's at AIDS Creative and at AIDS Community on um, Instagram. And also, um, if you're not if you're not watching this podcast, you can watch it on YouTube as well. Um, also, check out the new eightscreative.com website, um, yeah. where we've been updating a bunch of the stuff that's going on uh, internally here at Eights. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Um, we'll see you next week. Happy New Year again. Happy 2024. And um, thanks again, Nate, for coming. Of course, on. man. Thank you. All right. Cheers, everybody. See you next week.